this is this is this is this is hidden gem. This is hidden gem. This is hidden gem. Welcome back, everybody. Pleasure to be oh, what here. What you got in that cup, man? What you got in that cup? Man, this is a little, you know, I've been preparing for this uh, interview, man. So I just had to throw it back to the red cup, man. It's got a little tea in here and shit, you know. There you go. There you go. Some tea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. <laughs> What's up, everybody? You know, before we get this episode started, man, I just want to let, let everybody know for uh, people that missed the Trombone King, it's probably going to have to be postponed um, due to, you know, scheduling conflicts. So for those uh, that want to watch that episode, we'll definitely get back to it um, and try to reschedule, man. So with that being said, though, uh, episode 56, y'all, we got my man Granada representing Richmond VA. Yep. Coming out here. So um, for people that don't know, Granada, man, he is a uh, NC in the area. Man, trying to rise up in the community, man. So we're gonna get his story tonight. Um, so I just want to say thank you for doing this episode with me, man. Appreciate it, bro. For um, sure, for sure. So, so where, 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 where do we start, bro? Where does it all begin for you, man? Man, well, first off, thank you, man. Thank you for having me and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, man, it you got to understand, man. This goes goes back. So we're gonna start real quick at the beginning, and you know, I'm gonna take you through real quick, and we'll we'll, you know. We'll uh, and then a couple couple of joints here, a couple of footprints, and we'll go back to as well. That will be part of the yes, journey sir. here. So, for me, you know, I was actually born. Um, I'm originally from El Salvador, so I was born out there. Um, my mother had me and came to the states on her own, made her money. You know what I mean? Sent it back for the family, but her goal was to really just come and bring me here. You know what I mean? And so, at two years old, we pretty much came here to the states. She's amazing for for giving me that opportunity, right? Um. And then uh, we came straight to Virginia, moved around a lot throughout Virginia growing up. And then um, pretty much eventually got settled down in uh, my main area has always been kind of Fairfax County, Annandale area, Springfield, for sure. I, I would consider it like my hometown. So pretty much stayed around there, you know, in about middle school or so. Uh, I, I, man, I fell in love with hip hop, man, like real ass, like hip hop. Like I got to do my research and got really put on to some real shit, like that real golden age shit, like Illmatic for me, ready to die, getting put on to like Rock Kim and stuff like that. This was like early 2000s for me and stuff. So being young, like I was in my teens, right? And then just, you know, when you're trying like a good, a good pair of sneakers on and stuff, and then you just, you put it on and it feels so good. Like you walking around real comfy on them, you know, that's how hearing Illmatic and like this real, like, you know, freaking like, <laughs> was a purple tape shit, you know, only built for Cuban links, like that Wu-Tang shit, like, it's just like, damn, like, this shit was different than what I had heard, and what's crazy is, I can, I can, my fondest memory, I remember, like, I think my first hip-hop song, honestly, my first rap song in general that I heard was on, uh, we used to have, like, the, the black, the legal, uh, <laughs> supposedly legal, uh, <laughs> cable, uh, with the black box, right, and so, um, but I got, uh, what is it, the music box channel on there, so I'll be watching all the early stuff, but I remember, like, 93 or so, you know, I was only like three or so and like seeing uh what is it, Let Me Ride and uh and nothing but a G thing on, on that TV, man. Come on, and I was just like, damn, like this is crazy, you know, even at that young age and just being alive during that time coming up, even in the nineties as a kid, was just like its own era and just the music was hitting different. So I could finally like connect even though those early two thousands when I was finding out this music with me and my homie, 
And uh, eventually we just got into more like underground stuff, you know, a lot of immoral technique, pumpkin head, crazy walls, you know, obviously doom and stuff. Like literally like my, my, my instincts to be a student for the game were right there at the beginning and stuff. And so from there pretty much moved on, moved a couple few more schools after, you know, during that middle school time. And then uh, went to about uh, a couple more, like three high schools until I finally settled in uh, Woodbridge. And so Woodbridge is pretty much now, I was specifically living in Dumfries at the time uh, in this area called Williamstown. I was in a subsection called uh, South Cove. That was a little bit nicer, but Williamstown, man, you didn't want to be out there like past seven and uh, shit was going down and stuff. And so that, that really kind of brought a lot of kind of elements that I'm just like, damn, like you really got to be careful out here type of thing um, if, you, if you don't know what's going on, you know. Um, There's a couple blocks, just shit could happen and pop off and you wouldn't even know. So it was during that time in those really early years that um, once I got to high school, man, I I was loving this this culture. I was supporting it. First show was to go to a Mortal Technique show over in D.C. and stuff. That's why I sent you uh, one of the photos of, um, which was just crazy. That was, I would say, my first real show that really put me on to, like, damn, like, this is possible, you know? So, of course, like, the biggest thing I'm going to do is uh, really try and, you know, you, you, you enjoy something so much, then eventually you imitate it. You try to kind of create your own, see what comes up, right? So, man, when I started out, it was me and my homie uh, – we were, his name was Smiley, we'll call him. Um, and me and him just, man, he, he, he would rap in Spanish. I would rap in English. And we were starting to record off this one little MP3 player, man. I was like, I was trying to go around, like, trying to conform and get an Apple iPod and shit. I was like, no, fuck that. So I tried to get this, uh, I got this drink called the iRiver. The drink you could record off of and, like, have your music and everything all in one place. So we were recording off of that little drink right there when we started. Did, like, our first tape pretty much, like, early YouTube and finding, like, just instrumentals, like, Shook Ones and shit, like, all that stuff, right? And just rapping over that, just just freestyling and stuff. Nothing necessarily fully uh, written, but as it went on, those writing abilities really started to cement themselves and, and find their foundation, right? Um, that was my foundation, essentially. We did that for a little while, man. I would start to – eventually got so confident with it. Like, I was battling kids at, at school, with, like, during lunch, Um and in between classes and stuff. And it was dope because this was this was a sport, you know. And I, it wasn't to say that, like, I was um, competing against, against the craziest people in a sense. But it was people that were just as far along as I was, you know. And so it felt good to assert myself and just be that guy there to be able to do this. Because I was just hitting things that I, I didn't even realize, you know, in these battles and stuff. So a lot of realizations through that. Um, pretty much to fast forward a little bit more. Um we, the music thing was good. We started investing, like, bought a nice studio mic, man. I was using, what was I using? Audacity as, you know, just to record and everything. And I was like, damn, like, this is possible. Like, I had my, my first computer, man, was a, uh, my first real computer to record with, was this Sony uh, Vio freaking, like, desktop computer, dog, at the tower. And that joint was what I, I was recording off of for a little while and stuff. So eventually, uh, what happened was that guy that I was recording with, like, that was the homie, you know, we was doing, we did a whole, like, our own starting doing our own original uh samples and original music and then we did that cd but pretty much what happened was like you know that part that that bad side of the town is pretty much the side that he lived on of the neighborhood and then he just kind of started getting involved in more street shit you know what i mean and um i was with him there at first you know but then it's just like we started making music that was more street oriented and just things that wasn't really authentic to me at the time um and i wasn't really with you know he was coming to the studio less and stuff so we disbanded essentially and like i ended up selling my my uh equipment and everything i was like nah man this, this ain't it you know what i mean just like again i was making music eventually i was starting to make music that just wasn't authentic to me so i had to step away and then 
that is essentially what getting away from that and being more social for another year and everything. I eventually took a creative uh, writing class in like my junior, senior year. And um, that got me back into writing, you know, but really just like not just writing, but I, I guess I want to say like a poet in a poetic way and then a thinking man's writing. Right. It's, it's a different type of level of writing that you do. But that um, later on would pretty much set me up for, for what I'm doing now, obviously. Um, and then after that, I got to uh, VCU, uh, graduated high school, obviously, and then went to VCU down to Richmond, you know, as started out as something where like I need to get get out of my mom's house. I need to go see the world on my own and be around like-minded people, right? Because, you know, it was a little dope. It was a dope uh, time to be up here, but at the same time, everything felt very separated in terms of Virginia, uh, DC, and Maryland. You know, it didn't really, to me, at least feel like too DMV-like at that time. Um, this was like early 2010, so, um, or late 2010s, rather. And um, pretty much, yeah, man, like, I, I just didn't see the, the as biggest potential as I did in Richmond uh, when I got there. And uh, spending time there, man, sure enough, like, I found out about the student hip-hop organization. They were throwing this, uh, there was a student hip-hop organization that was starting in 2006, and they were the first, like, organization to bring uh, Kid Cudi to a university and stuff like that, like, period. You know what I mean? So he came to VCU first. They brought him there, like, and the thing was with this org is that we were we were in the know in terms of, like, bringing artists before they really popped. You know, when I was finally got involved with them in the fall of 2010, um, you know, we, we they pretty much, they already had Mac, Mac Miller, Big Sean booked. We brought eventually Big Sean for the homecoming there at VCU um, and Kendrick Lamar as well. We did a Kendrick Lamar um, show at another chapter. Uh, so that was a great thing. There was various chapters. Um, and that was just a great great moment for me to really kind of see things from the back end, you know, and really put in my work and grind it out and really find out what it takes to, to put on a show, to write contracts up, to draft that up and find funding. Um, so it really taught me, I would say like, I didn't know or learn how to hustle till I joined this org, I would say like through that. And that's, that was kind of my first real uh, nod and, and recognition that like, okay, this, this is really possible. Like whether it's throwing your own shows, organizing this, uh, just recognizing it as a business in a sense as well, right? So from very early on there, I had some some lessons that I learned, learned real hard through that too, you know, but it's just crazy to me that now um, because I went through that journey, being able to get back into music then a, few, a couple of years later, once I finished uh, school in there at VCU, I, um, you know, eventually I became the president of that, that organization. I started throwing my own shows. So, I, you know, I would have to run a team. I got to see what it was to be a leader. And then from there is where I kind of, you know, I left VCU, came back up uh, to Northern Virginia for a few years and like was just kind of figuring things out. You know, I was trying to do my major and everything. My, my background is in teaching. Um, my goal was always to do like uh, history of hip hop classes at the university level and stuff and just, you know, pull, pull a lot of lessons out of that because there's so much within that. Right. Um, I was pretty much teaching, man, and I couldn't I couldn't afford to, to live. You know, I was doing two jobs. It was just tough, man. I was like, damn, this ain't it. Eventually, man, I got a nice tech job with a good company. And, like, uh, I've been on that. But through that job, I had a homie who uh, who introduced me back to this uh, producer he was working with. Um, my homie, you know, we, we were just – he got me freestyling again around, like, 2015, 2016 after not really paying too much attention, you know, in terms of me being an artist. Um, but eventually he hooked me up with this uh, producer and engineer that, like, knew his shit, man. And I learned – the engineering side of things I got back into the love of just like wow like you know I miss this I miss recording I miss this aspect of just being an artist for yourself 
as opposed to anything beyond that. You know what I mean? So I really had to accept kind of the, um, I got, I had to relearn things, you know, as you know, with anything, you uh, step away for a few years, even if you've done it, you're going to forget and that, that, that sword is not going to be as sharp as you thought it was. So you have to relearn everything. And that's a journey that is just, you never know it's forever. You know what I mean? Even, even when you know your things, you're always constantly learning. Um, beyond that, um, yeah, man. I'm, I mean, it's, it's what's driven me to be back now here as an artist. You know, I'd say around 2016, 2017 is when I really jumped back into it. 2018, I started actually officially releasing music um, under my current uh, name and everything, and my brand and everything as Granada. So that's mm. that's the, <laughs> this, the journey so far. Mm-hmm. First of all, man, that was a hell of an introduction, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know I went in there, but that was a lot. Hey, that, hey that's, that's what this podcast is for, though, man. Um, let's take it back a little bit, though. I mean, you kind of connected into what you just went to. Um, I feel like the name Granada has a big influence, to, obviously, to who you are. What's the significance of that name, and why Granada? Like, what's the, what? What does that mean to you? Yeah, man, it's uh, a great question. Uh, uh, Granada, man, Granada is um, it's a couple meanings, man. So, it's a couple levels to this. <laughs> the personal significance has to do with uh, a play on my last name first. Uh, my last name is Granados. And so trying to kind of personalize it and then flip it to be my own. I just put the Granada, uh, take off the OS at the end and just, you know, it becomes my own thing. I'm like, okay, I'm representing me where I come from, essentially me, myself, my country and everything through this name. Um, that's the personal significance. Another significance would be that um, it, draw, it drives a lot of inspiration. Like every year, pretty much, I used to go back to El Salvador with my moms. And so every time that I'd be out there, you know, it's just hot as hell. So I'd stay inside. I'd be watching movies and everything, but eventually, man, I watched uh, what is it, the Motorcycle Diaries, uh, which is taking out as a uh, you know journey through South America with his friend uh, Granado, and um, I watched that film. It was all in Spanish and everything, and like I watched it, man, and like it was co-written with his friend, based off you know the diaries that they wrote during that time, and um, you know just seeing that really inspired me. And he's like right there at the end in the in the final scene, like you see Granado, like he says goodbye to Che. And he's like a lot younger. And then it shows him in the present time, just older and just still seeing, looking at the sky. Right. But for me, man, that movie just really kind of like connected with me and that sense of just like being, being a student, exploring, learning from, from the world around you really is something that I wanted to carry over with my artistry. And so that's where Granada comes in again. It's kind of based off that friend is essentially watching your friend become something like a revolutionary or someone as bigger than you is essentially that moniker, you know, for me for me and myself, right? Um, and so Granada at the same time, I apply that in a, in a musical significance uh, as Granada the Explorer. So I'm still exploring sounds, my vision that I have for the artistry and what I'm trying to bring. There's a whole umbrella of what the Granada sound is. You know, I've only kind of show you a, a very personal side so far uh, of what that is, um, but there's still so much within that, you know what I mean? So essentially Granada the Explorer, exploring different sounds and shit like that. So mm-hmm. that's, that's in a nutshell, a little bit of different perspectives on that. I would have never uh, put the influence of that movie connected with your name, man. I would have never even thought of that, man. It's totally skipped my mind. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah I know uh, one, one other thing you wanted to cover tonight was uh, the importance of technology and just the whole advancement like, and what it plays in your music. You kind of touched a little bit on the, on the things you use, but what kind of impact does technology play on your music? Oh, man. So technology, man, technology can be a tool 
and can also be a crutch for some, right? Um, I feel like I've gone through my def different uh, phases with technology since the early 2000s. I mean, my first computer I owned was like in 97. It was like a compact computer, big ass like monitor with the speakers on the side and everything, you know, so being able to kind of go through the different generations of seeing kind of that late, mid to late 90s technology, the computer and the internet and seeing how it progressed from the early 2000s on to now, it's just like, damn, like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? The way that we're utilizing and mobilizing social media, you know, originally when I, when I was doing music in high school, MySpace was the way that I was getting my music out. You know, I was getting the music out that way um, as well as just obviously in person. Right. So with that being said, I've seen that progression and I feel like it's played a key role in me being able to adapt and having to really kind of take a step back at times when something new that I didn't understand was, was going on and seeing how other people are utilizing it, you know? And so that's where I feel like me being essentially a student of the game and a student in general, right. Um, really comes into play because now I feel like with the way I utilize things and what's available is like, not what's what was available about 15 years ago, you know, when I was really starting this music stuff. And it's just like being able to assess and utilize social media, websites, building, like I had my own website up and probably going to bring it back up again this fall. Um, but just being able to have control, the analytics, the everything is such an important role because now it's like, uh, to be honest, I mean, like the the brand, everything by me with the shirts and everything is, is set up and run by me. You know, I have people that I go through and everything but it has allowed me to essentially be my own manager and be my own businessman to be able to continue and move forward and still essentially grow this, you know, at a, at a nice consistent rate that isn't too quick, you know, and that's what the thing I think is, is, is the biggest thing right now with technology is that people expect instant gratification. They expect the numbers to already jump up and everything. You know, when I was getting into this and like released my first track in 2018, I got a joint from there. That's like, I don't really like, I don't like as much anymore as when I usually, you know, when I first made it. Um, but that thing's doing numbers in Europe. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is running up in Germany. You know, I'm like, all right, bet. Like, you know, it's just being able to connect to people is just so, it's too easy nowadays that it's like, there's no reason why that as an independent artist or just someone trying to make uh, their own artistry, put it out there, is is very possible and doable. And that's what it's really shown me. And that's how it's played a part, you know, just being able to adapt and apply the right the right, uh, I guess, combination of using social media and advertising and marketing, right? I have homies that, a lot of homies that I met back at VCU that were in the marketing department. And one of my best homies graduated from that, uh, with that major, you know, so it's just like being able to bounce ideas off of people has helped me out as well with that technology. And again, seeing how people uh, utilize that technology and assessing that has helped me tremendously, tremendously. Definitely, bro. Um. One thing I definitely um, wanted to cover right now, it's probably, it's probably the most important part, I feel like, with most of you, with most of you, with most of you guys, um, is um, how do you write your music? And then more importantly, like, where do you get your subject matter from? Like, where where is all that, that creativeness come from? For sure, for sure. Um, yeah. With, uh, with writing, man, that's, it's wild because, again, just like even with the name, there's different perspectives that I take on it. Um, a lot of times, pretty much the number one thing I'll say is just with anybody that's, that's a writer, uh, artist in general, like writing every day is just important. It's vital. Whenever I catch like some sort of inspiration, whether I'm writing in the car, uh, at work, you know, I'll have to, you know, go to the bath, go to the bathroom and stuff like that. Um, and just write down the idea, you know, anywhere, anywhere that I have that idea is just like record it, write it down, 
type it up, whatever, put it in a note is vital to me. So just always being on in the sense, right? Um, doesn't mean that I'm have to like push myself to write something every day. It just literally happens, right? Um, aside from that, is just getting inspiration in the moment. That type of chemistry and that inspiration that falls when you're with somebody that understands like what you're trying to achieve um, or where you're trying to go. I mean, shit. Even if I don't have an idea already constant in my mind, like that can bring out like a great, a great instrumental can always bring out a good idea uh, in someone you know who's a thinker and, and a writer, right? And so um aside from that it's just being concept based i have different concepts and my next project that i'm wrapping up uh this month um it's called the richmond tape look out for that this fall um is very is very concept based in terms of like it feels like a memoir from the time that i was in richmond so you're gonna get a lot of personal um rats from there and the inspiration man i mean the some of the things i enjoy i enjoy a lot writing a lot but you know when i've been through let me let me restart this the way that I see my music is essentially, for me, it makes me happy. It's my goal to make myself satisfied and my ears satisfied first and foremost. Anything additional to that is just a plus. Um, beyond that, though, like, it's really pushed me and my pen game a lot harder to just be better and progress, right? Um, but I think that inspiration drives from a lot of things I went through, uh, specifically with this next tape, you know, driving those emotions out. Um, of what I went through when I was in college and thinking that I knew everything, right? And um, the struggles I had to go through and stuff. So you're going to hear a lot about that. So I feel like every every bit of music that you hear from me is always something, some sort of emotion I'm pulling from my own personal kind of life experience, if you could say, right? And so, um, you know, I'm not even going to lie, like I'm a little older, right? But it's because of that, that I'm so happy that in a sense, I didn't continue with music right away in high school because... You know, you just don't know what till you know. You know, you don't know what you know till you know it. <laughs> or what you don't know, rather. Is a, right? And so I have that wisdom now and stuff. And I can see how I could have messed up and, and, and really went through a lot of pitfalls that I didn't have to until, like, now that I'm a lot wiser and smarter, I'm like, oh, okay, I can write about this from this angle now. Um, but it's just different levels, man. Whether it's in the moment like that, um, writing my own um, raps throughout the day, uh, or just having that concept, man. I love concepts and like, I love bringing just imagery and um, a visual to my music, you know? So it's just like more than just the music essentially uh, for me. I'm trying to make you really feel the vibe of how this man was, you know, it's a good feeling, bad feeling, anything in between. Um, yeah. What's up, Sandy, Holly? I see y'all tuning in, please. <laughs> what up, y'all? What Appreciate up? Y'all. <laughs> Appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, but man, yeah, man, that's, 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 yep. That's beautifully said, though, man. I, I definitely agree with you, and I can also relate to you on some of that, what you just said right there, too, man. Um, I think one thing that um, is also very important about you is, like, your mentorship um, and your peers. Mm -hmm. What is the impact of the people in your life that kind of helped pave you and molded you, I guess, to who you are right now? Can you speak on that a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So um, with this, pretty much what I – you know, the way I want to describe it is that, you know, my upbringing was very kind of isolated, you know, it was just me. Uh, I was the only child, right, um, growing up. So, I, again, back to that, you know, when I was three years old, seeing much music and like, or music box, rather, um, and just seeing these videos and stuff, like, kind of, it's like, you don't know how things are going to play out and how things influence you until, like, you're on the other side of that, right? So, all these years of just kind of uh, combining all these uh, people that I've met and everything has really helped me out 
And the way that's helped me out is that, again, I was isolated growing up, but my student was, or the, the teacher essentially was the TV or things I heard and saw, right? So I was always really into music. I remember bumping the hell out of uh, my first two uh, CDs that I owned was was Lion King, was one, because that was a banger, still a banger. Uh, and then um, I eventually got the uh, Space Jam soundtrack. The Space Jam soundtrack to me was just... I was just sitting in the boom, like in front of the boombox, and and bump that man, and I was just like, damn, like this is hard, right? And just it just gave me those memories and those vibes from those times. Like again, it's like you just capture those. Even though I was very young, I captured this essence in the '90s, and I was like, damn, like this is a special time, and I didn't realize how special till after, right? And um, essentially, uh, after that, you know, I got older and everything, so my homie you know, we would just bounce off each other. So that was essentially a mentor in a way, if you think about it, you know, because I was always wondering, like, coming up in high school, I was like, damn, I got nobody to look, you know, to look to and things like that. But I had to end up essentially looking at the, the industry and other artists, and then especially underground artists that I came to find out as uh, as I went along, those became my mentors. It's just even if it wasn't a direct mentor, like, it eventually became that. Now, when I got to VCU, and my homie Daisy really put me on game in terms of, street team and promoting right uh learning to run that organization man it's just like again like such an invaluable almost like uh it was my it was my internship it was my internship to the industry it was paying my dues you know and that can come in many ways at many levels i feel like i'm still paying my dues on a different level right um but it's part of that process and seeing other people that kind of learning from them again being the student in the game and seeing where their pitfalls were essentially your obstacles that they faced so i wouldn't have to but again, you know, I had to go through my own things at that point. And then eventually all those things that I learned from these folks, um, even like indirectly through artists like Michael Millions, Radio Blitz, uh, my boy uh, Nicholas F., all from Richmond, you know, like AGM is their crew and everything. And it's just like, man, like learning from these artists, even like just seeing them live and seeing them through the years, being able to see these people like in the studio is like, damn, like it really makes makes that connection of like, all right, this is an idea, but this is reality. You can really make this happen for yourself, you know, if you put in the work and you pay your dues. So I would say, you know, it's, it's hard to, in a sense, answer that, but obviously that's my my most concise uh, way to put it together uh, in terms of that because it's just like technology in general plays a part in that too. It's like technology helped build that bridge and made me be able to learn, watch a documentary, read some articles about, all right, this was a bad contract the tribe was in. Like, you do not want to be in that, right? And so, and so, like, being able to just have the access to information to better myself, has, again, it's, it's, that's when one of my mentors is technology itself. And being able to utilize that um, in that way uh, has definitely been a big asset uh, to my growth and has led me to where I'm at today. Definitely, y'all. Um, I feel like in connection with that, I feel like you, you definitely were affiliated with some, some crews, some groups. I feel that also kind of developed you. Can you speak on the different crews and affiliations that you're connected with? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, when I started out, um, started out doing music in high school, it was just me and the homie, uh, Smiley. So it was Smiley and Lazy, we just had our own joint. We were off to our own, uh, essentially our own uh, crew. It was called A&D Music at the time. I mean, with my other best friend who I'd record with, who I got really into, into hip hop uh, with in middle school and stuff. And so that was our record label. And then we you know, produce the music through that. And then eventually, obviously, I got to, to Richmond and I got uh, <laughs> I got connected with uh, SHHO, Student Hip Hop Organization. So I'll say that's the next crew that I was like, okay, bet. Like, 
you know, it was, and it was a variety of people in that. Don't get it twisted. It's like, there's artists in there of all varieties, uh, graffiti artists, break dancers, um, you know, and just like, and rappers, obviously a little bit of everything, singers and stuff and a lot of marketing guys, you know, so I had a lot of game to learn from these people, a lot of influences to pull from um, in that regard with, with just that, that collective. And then after that, uh, when I got back into music, uh, became a part of this collective called the Them Collective. Uh, we had like a house out there in uh, uh, Falls Church. And so we had like a dope little crib out there, man. We were making music. This was going to be like the the ground zero for us. You know, this is our studio, living space. Um, definitely became more of a party spot <laughs> more than anything. We still did music, but not at the level that we wanted to, you know, and it's very just like, I was in my mid-20s at that time, mid mid to late 20s. And so I was just like, had this whole idea is like, all right, bad. we're going to move into this house. And this is like going to be the most creative shit ever. We about to kill this. You know what I mean? And then, you know, money issues came up, of course, issues with just, you know, other things and stuff like that, personal issues, vices. Right. Um, and so that taught me a lot too. You know, I feel like even though I was going through it at the time, um, I learned a lot of value in what I actually pulled from that, you know, and it was just like, you know, I learned to record myself through that process. I learned to, um, you know, do some light engineering and stuff. I got to record other folks and get paid for it, you know? So again, it just showed me the value of being able to um, make a business, a viable business out of this uh, hip hop culture that we love, you know? And so I would say, um, yeah, in terms of cruise, that would be that. And now I got my, my own brand, you know, I'm just flying solo on my own. We disbanded uh, with that collective. I'm still homies with a couple of them and stuff that I already knew even before that. Um, but it's, you know, I, I find it is the biggest thing, uh, whether it's hip hop or like, uh, anything, any music, anything you do creatively, when you're in a group or a collective, that can be the most difficult thing to, to keep and hold together. Cause you're dealing with more people than just yourself outside of your own head. Right. Um, and so those heads and ideas can clash a lot of times as we know already. And, um, you got it now I'm, you know, I'm in a great place where I'm independent. I got my, my, my brand, you know, I'm, Renata, the artist, I got my, uh, got some other stuff coming up business-wise. I don't want to speak on too much and stuff, but, you know, things are going to become a lot more official. But, um, yeah, man, it's just, it's a great feeling now to go through that and know what it is to be a good leader or a bad leader. And had to, having to live through that and see that firsthand is a very different thing than just having to read about it, right? Um, the best experience is that firsthand experience in your life. And so I feel like everything I've essentially gone through is just, like, led me to this moment, you know, led me to this moment to be, like, yo, like, you don't need anybody else to put, put on for you. I can do my own shows. I've done my own shows, you know. And so I have that knowledge now is, like, I'm a little more well-rounded. And business-wise, like, it's like, all right, I'm going to do my own headlining show. I'm going to put this and this artist that I already uh, respect and appreciate. And uh, we're going to do this and shit. And so I luckily got to do that right before uh, the pandemic and everything. And then everything happened, obviously. And we've been in this show almost two, three years, right? Uh, but, again, man, it's just uh, – for me, it became a thing where like the biggest supporter and, and, and group per se or anything that I could have was myself, you know, and getting over that hump of just uh, that imposter syndrome. Right. And, and being like, yo, like you got this, like, you know what you want. No one's going to work harder for the things that you want. Like you are, you know? And so now it's just really, man, my inner circle. I keep, I keep close, man. Um, it's the homies that hold me down, man, in real life, you know? And so um, I got that, man, I'm, I'm in a good place. And, and that's, Right now, where I'm at, I'm sitting, sitting good, sitting comfy, man. <laughs> you sound, you sounding comfy, bro. I like it. I like <laughs> it. I like it. <laughs> well, man, um, 
damn, you gave a lot of vital information tonight, man. Um, before I before I wrap this episode up, man, I just wanted to say, um, is there any, any last thoughts you want to get off your mind? Any message you want to say to anybody watching tonight, or anybody that's going to be watching afterwards? For sure, for sure, man. Um, really, I would say, man, don't whoever you are, whatever you're, whether it's creative or whatever you want to go for, man, just always be a student. Always be a student. Be that sponge and soak up that information around you. Um, figure out a way to do what you're doing, what you want to do, rather, right? Um, there was no, again, I had to kind of move down to Richmond to find the culture, um, a culture, rather, that made sense to me in terms of the rap circuit and everything and just the community. Um, go to a neighboring city, man. Figure it out. You know, if you got you want to do music, go to the shows, meet people there. It's a great way that I started just going to shows and everything and just be that sponge. Don't ever think that you're too good to, to not learn. Right. Especially from people that are always already been doing it. That's the OGs and even new kids, man. There's so much to learn from how, uh, the younger generation utilizes technology and makes things happen for themselves. It's like, Oh, okay. Like don't discount that, you know, and don't let your ego get you, man. Just whatever you want to do, make sure you're putting your best foot forward always stay focused and utilize those resources and just know there's always something to learn there. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's really all I got. I got a little couple bars. Maybe if, if you, y'all want to hear that, go ahead, you know? bro. yeah, go ahead, man. All right, yeah. All right. All right. Bad, bad. <laughs> we'll leave y'all with this and stuff. Appreciate you hitting gems. Month. Um, <clears throat> check it. Pull up and smoke label contracts like dank marijuana. I'm grilling you rappers like carne asada. Then dice up them fingers like pickled tomatoes. Sleep on that then, I'll see you mañana. You need to tighten up, playboy, cause ain't nothing funny. Hoes giving that neck to your eyes closed. Then they run with your money. Hey, and I'm running a streetwear junkie. Yeah, fuck your designer. Yes, I'm rocking my merch while I step on your Prada. Don't ever trust 12, even if it's Eric Estrada. Nah. Hey, you make belief telling lies because you're really a nectar. Congrats, you want a reward for being a snitch. Now you celebrate your L's face down in a ditch. Yeah, Renata, hidden gems, y'all. Peace. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yo, my brother, I want to say, yo, but thank, thank you for that, by the way, man. You, you're the second person now to spit a bars on the, sh on the episode, man. Oh, I saw, so I, I saw, yeah, yeah. I had, to, I had to bring it, dog. Who was that, uh, uh, Sketch? Yeah, yeah, sketch through it down, yeah, man. Yeah, sketch yeah. through it down, I man. Keeps the ape. Hey, you want more thing? I'm gonna tell you real quick, just to end off too, man. This is how Go crazy, ahead. by the way. One thing I didn't include is utilizing the network that you're in, man. It's crazy how like the DMV is really actually now it feels like the DMV. Tef Wesley, man, I found out I remember about him uh at the first uh Griselda show that I went to in Baltimore last year, and I was like, Oh snap, like you know, I remember following his thing and then seeing that he you did the show with him recently, man. That it's just gems, bro. There's so, so much around us. And you know what I mean? Just even just Natty, I don't know the man personally, but just seeing things from afar like that really can can inspire you, you know, seeing people that do sure. it. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you again for being that bridge, allowing a young man like me, you know, in terms of like, a new come up and comer, right? Um, that's been around for a minute, but really making those moves now. Um, being that bridge, man. I appreciate you, man. A lot of OGs yeah, I appreciate and you too, bro. like that, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. This is real vital, man. I appreciate you, VA. Appreciate you too, up. brother, man. And for people that don't know, man, I met, I met Granada uh, maybe, what, five years ago when I was doing a show with the crew called the Underdwellers was, um, yeah, over yeah. at Fat Tuesdays, man. Yeah, oh, so. Boy, and oh, boy, Sam man, joint. Yep, yep. Yeah, you just been a stand-up guy ever since, man. So that's going to give you your flowers, man. Thank you so much for being a part of tonight, man. Appreciate that. For Thank sure, you, bro. Appreciate Good night, everybody.
Tune in next week. Uh, we got Ron Wheeler and uh, Chameleon, uh, some B-boys in the scenes, yep, from the 80s and uh, working away to the 90s, man. So we're going to have a really good week for the B-boy uh, people out there, man. You know, so it's going to be an honor to be out there. And shout out again to Granada, man. Thank you, brother. Much love, man. Much love. Good night, y'all. Peace. Yeah.